motivation, focus, perseverance. I mention these three words because these are daily growth keys when focusing on succeeding. No one makes success overnight. And success is done due daily growth. And our views here at the Daily Growth Podcast is about having to learn through daily walks in life. You network with people, mentors, and leaders to pour into your life to also help you and also you pour into their life when you get to know them. All of us are part of the same growth in this world to focus on what we need to be daily growth learning. This is the Daily Growth Podcast. Hope you guys enjoy this episode and welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Growth Podcast with your host here, Moses. Hey, guys, we got a new episode today for you guys, something new and special for part two. Uh, we're doing an accountability uh, to the series, to the part two of it. So we're going to be talking about the manhood part. I actually got a brother in the Lord that I know from my church, good friend and good man of God. I met him actually joining this church uh, pretty recently this year, and he's a good brother, man. I want to introduce you guys to Jay. What's up, bro? How you doing? Hello. What's good? Hello, world. I'm all right. <laughs> hey guys, it's the first time, so I hope you, you guys be nice because he's a, he's a good dude. He definitely wants to represent himself well. So, yeah, uh, Joe J, how old are you, bro? I am 25. I'll be 26 next week on the fourth. So, okay, see, and this is funny. The last guy was 26. I had on my podcast. So, you guys are the young bloods, man. I'm 28. Gosh, we're old, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, 1995. Oh man, 95. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. 92 up in here, though. So, yeah, Jay, um, so we're talking about manhood, and this is the part two of the series. So I chose you because, bro, I think you have an idea about it because we actually, you know, came in contact through the same church we attend. Uh, it's, city, it's, it's City Church International, pretty much. And we've been there. Well, you've been there. How long you been at the church so far, may I ask? Ooh, let's see. Probably this might be... Uh eight months now my wife and i started to attend i believe december okay so december good deal man yeah it's funny because um i've always passed this church by for so long what four (laughs) years four or five years since i've been at ulis wow and yeah crazy as it is i had no idea about this church i've seen this church i was like ah city church okay i'm just gonna pass it up and I just thought, man, maybe I'll just go to one that's local. But I was like, man, what if they're just not like, you know, preaching the gospel? I've always had my doubts and never thought about visiting. But I think the timing was meant to come. And let me be honest with you, I came from a recent church, which is very, um, they had a biblical view, which is good. I think they were very on point. Uh, shout out to Armando and my home group. Love you guys. They were uh, people I met along the way there that were good people and and they were all still good mm. to this day. I think the thing is, stuff happened with the situation there. I decided to leave, but the thing is, um, come, <coughs> sorry, come to this church. <coughs> come to this church was a better option. Oh, let me get this out. <coughs> sorry about that. Come to this church, I had no idea of what was different and based on what I knew on what I read online I wanted to make sure 
it was biblically speaking and it had strong um, accountability, you know what I'm saying? And men that were supporting each other, you know what I'm saying? With the men and the accountability and, you know, and, and I always looked to people who wanted to do the right thing that were in the church that's been lost prophets, bro. There's so many out here, man. And before you came to City Church International, bro, what did you go before? That like, Do you have an eye? Like, can you reference where you work for? Yes. Um. Well, I was at a church, the church that I I was going to when I got saved. I got saved in 2015, and um, Amen. I began to go to this church. And uh, it's funny because the pastor was actually my barber. But um, oh wow, I was at that church until 2018. Um, the pastor had to step down because um, he was having issues in his home, and um. He um, he had the integrity to say, you know, I don't line up with First Corinthians uh, chapter three as far as the qualifications for an elder. So he stepped down, and so it pretty much went downhill after that. Um, he was um, obviously the uh, the uh, under shepherd of the church, and so you know it just followed suit. He stepped down, and everything went downhill. So that ended up being shut down, and so after that, I um, went to a church. Um, out in uh, South Lake, I'm not gonna say the name. You know, I don't want to name drop, but um, right. No, as far as its um, theology, the theology was um, great. I think that um, as far as um, if you needed the correct biblical answers, it was great, and we learned. But um, I think it um, was like the uh, Church of um, Ephesians or Ephesus in um, Revelations, where he said that you have poured what is evil lost your love and so um it wasn't um really loving and um that became evident um especially with some of the um issues that were happening in the black community and the lives that were being lost you know as the word says mourn with those who mourn weep with those who weep and it 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 almost it seemed like there was a callousness there with um mourning and weeping with uh your black brothers and sisters if i could just be blunt and so you know we um we weren't feeling uh knitted there by the holy spirit my wife and i so you know there we we started watching church online it was hard to even get up and go and so it's funny you had mentioned um (laughs) um how you would pass cross city well um we also would pass it as well and uh one day we were behind the car and the car uh my wife says it cut us off i don't remember us remember it cutting us off but i'm not as great of a driver as she is so that makes sense um she Mm. saw the bumper sticker on the back that said cross city and so um she uh was like she went to check it out and we did a thorough investigation Yes, it's biblical doctrines, ideologies, what do they stand for, the tenets, everything. Who's mm. on staff and mm. um, background checks. <laughs> yeah, we did background checks. I had to call up some guys from the bureau. No, but, uh, <laughs> got it, we, got it. We we did all of that and um as far as the doctrine that checked out, but another thing that was really um crucial was um is this church loving their neighbor and one of the things that um, we saw online was a thing called moments of hope Mm. and um the pastor of the church um he was um john metter by the way i'll name drop him because i go to the church he he was doing a thing called moments of hope where first he invited a, a couple the husband was black the wife was white 
and he was kind of talking to them about some of the issues they face with um, racism being a uh, interracial couple and then um, there he had another guy named AJ who was a Hispanic and he talked to him about his issues and then he had an African woman she was from Kenya I think her name was Amy and um, he kind of had those conversations so well with that being said I know I'm long-winded but um, obviously it's not all about race but we know that um as i said earlier mourning with those who mourn weeping with those who weep and loving your night your neighbor bearing one another's burdens that was important for my wife and i to see that with the church so amen here we are amen i gotta say bro that's that's good to hear that you put it out there like that to say you guys really did want to make sure it was a genuine place to worship god and have fellowship Um, absolutely one thing I'll say is this, uh, shout out to Armando again. They they were like the same way, the way you described that, loving and caring. And mind you, this church was somewhere, I just came from a cult church before I came to this church. And hearing your story, bro, makes, reminds me of that story, how I met a new church, because this is like my second church coming to Texas after I left the first church where it was getting pretty cultish, you know right. what I'm saying? And, um, I think it's good to have that awareness about who you're dealing with because, dude, that research saves you a lot of trouble, man. Absolutely. And, and I think getting to know the staff and see the tendencies, like I always say, if this is what I believe, a pastor named uh, Zach Poonin from India, uh, currently in Colorado with his sons, uh, Zach Poonin said, as a pastor, you know, if you're not too approachable to people, that's a problem. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I think the last church was the pastor was security guards all over him, which I'm thinking, dude, I, I think if you're that scared of people coming to you, I don't know how you pastoring like that as a god man of God. I don't understand that. Nobody's that right. no one's that scared to be like if you know this is that <laughs> stuff that you're preaching, why are you scared of what God said that's already gonna happen that's true? And that tells you right there there's some fear but not God's presence. You know what I'm saying? Mm, you scared I of persecution? <laughs> yeah, thank you. And it's like, what, what is what is a security guard with a gun going to do differently that you're saying that? You know what I'm saying? Cause we're in Texas. They're going to like, oh, we have the right to shoot them. Okay. But didn't God say that was going to happen? Are you right. going to stop every persecution? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not saying go out and die. But I'm saying, do you understand that the times are in... There's stuff that's going to come up abruptly. Like, we're getting earthquakes, we're getting people's uh, cars in sinkholes in different parts of the United States. I mean, come on now. It's it's to the sound of the times. But, Absolutely. yeah, man, I, I, I do believe, because um, we talked about this in the group on Sunday with the after church, right? And one thing you brought up, why well, I brought up to us in the, in the group where our pastor, um, we talked about how, uh, and I mentioned it as I was talking, I was like, yeah, I never had a, a you know our pastor he's asian and i never experienced a pastor that passionate from a culture that i never see too many pastors with a culture background to have that passion and um shout the pastor ed he he know what he's talking about which i think um i don't i know i've seen black churches in that same dynamic but he, it's like this he was more approachable to uh, come like he didn't come off as I have to watch myself because I don't know you like that, you know, type of vibe. Right. And he understands we are all not the same because when we had our first talk one-on-one, I told him, you know, lunch, I said, hey, 
I told him straight up, like Pastor, I said I don't I don't believe in being part of BLM or or even Asian Lives Matter, right. <clears throat> all these organizations. I told him. He's like right. he agrees. Right. And that's the first time I've had that conversation with a pastor. And it was genuine. It was sincere and you know, he got to know my, my testimony and whatnot. And I think he's a good man for the job. Even we said we'll def- we'll, we will have his back. And we Absolutely. Mean. And that's encouraging. He said to hear us say we will help him and be there Absolutely. for him. And I Absolutely. think we need more pastors who want to have that, you know, type of thing on them to know, hey, if I said something wrong, tell me. And he told us that. And I, I was like, whoa, not even in the last two churches, even a cold church. He never says that to us. Even my second church, no, no, no shade on them. No, no, no downplay on their preaching, the pastor there, but they don't talk to guys like me one-on-one and group setting with God to say that. They don't say that. They don't talk to the elders. And the elders right. are I get the order they're doing because they're more like it's like it comes off as uh John Piper's type of church, is what I'll say. You know, and I understand that's a different dynamic there. I get it. Right. But he was talking to us as men like just in general that's something you don't hear a lot from brothers to hear that from a pastor in a position will to tell right. you and um shout out to raymond you know that's in the church he and i talked about oh, yeah things. that's my guy that's my man guy. That's yeah. right there i just got yeah. off the phone with him <laughs> oh word yeah he's on vacation yeah. so shout out to ray oh, yeah. he um i need to have him on too because we uh we talked about some interesting things and i think he's a good intellectual brother to have because he's been around the been around the world navy and stuff so i think that's a good guy to have in your corner oh yeah student of the word too by the way that oh, man he knows man. god's word man you want to talk the word with him he knows it and uh man a, a good husband and father as well i've been with him at his home and seen it so hospitable mm-hmm. hospital i could tell he, he's very very good man i think i need more brothers like that father figure roles you know how he is right i think he definitely has a uh, the show but yeah man um yeah, I think that conversation with Pastor Ed was very enlightening to see he opened up about the stuff he said. And um, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on that, especially with him talking about holding him accountable? What do you think about that? Um, it's funny, uh, you and I were talking about uh, manhood and accountability. And um, that's a big thing right there um, as a father, um, as a leader, and in particular in a pastoral role being able to be above reproach and um also with that being said you also have to be able to be corrected um people have to uh, be able to uh, come and be able to tell you hey you made a mistake here or hey um where did you stand here but if you're this um prideful individual or this individual that can't be corrected or think that you're so high that you need uh four security guards with guns i'm i'm being funny kind of that's a problem you know i think about it from a a lower level since we're talking uh manhood i'm about to have a daughter my daughter should be able to come and speak with me and uh have a conversation with me about something that i've done or something that may have hurt her or something that um that she's like hey daddy you know you you the word of god but um you know, I saw you doing this and it doesn't line up. You know, there's a way that we go about respecting people in their positions. But at the same time, even on that lowest level, um, I never saw that um, growing up uh, with a lot of men. It was like to hear a man say sorry, 
or yeah. to hear a father be able to be uh, approachable um, from his child to be able to say, hey, I had an issue here or there. It, it, it makes a difference. And I want to be able to make that difference with my daughter and be able to be approachable and be able to be corrected. Absolutely. Hey, man, that's man. a shout out to you and your spouse. You know, congratulations on the daughter coming. Thank you. you. Know, yeah, man, prayer for you all to have a healthy child because that, that is important. I definitely right. say um, you guys encourage me as a single. I want to be um, when that position comes, I will be ready because I prepare. But uh, guys, right. you, you guys inspire, uh, especially me as a single, seeing you guys be together. That tells you guys are still fighting for your marriage. And that tells you people need to understand it takes two the tangle and it takes both of you to continue strong no matter what and that's something you have to keep that up with you the leader because at the end of the day bro if anything happened it's on you as a man because right. i do want to say brothers hold each other accountable because you know we are brothers keeper and we have to keep that in mind no matter what you know what i'm saying because i i want you to succeed in your in your position as a husband and as a father because i tell you right, right now i would not be the type of man i am if I wasn't able to understand, <clears throat> I needed mentors around me who are men that are understanding who they are to stay where they're at, to stay in a position to be strong. Because if they're not any, no strong men around me, I will be basically an arm cut off that will wither away by itself without connection to the body of Christ. Absolutely. So, yeah, but um, I know the time is coming to a uh, short, you know, I know you have to get going. We talked about earlier. You told me you have to. <laughs> I got a, I got a, I got a little more time if you okay. want to continue. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Just want to make sure the man's respectful. It's eight forty-five. Okay, so back to what we're saying. Uh, I was going to ask you. Um, so growing up in Texas, uh, most of y'all, yeah, right? Texas, right? Where you from? Yeah, so I was born in California. We moved out here around the eight, well, around maybe an age of three or four. My father was like, "Yeah, Oakland, California is not the spot." Shout out mm-hmm. to Oakland, by the way. I have family out there, but he just, um, we were living in the hood. <laughs> we were, uh, mm-hmm. my parents were sleeping in the living room on uh, on a couch uh, couch uh, pillows while we had the room. So, yeah, it, it wasn't the spot. <laughs> no, I don't understand. That, that's tough, man. Cali, it, it changed over the years, man. Have you been back since? Um. Yes, I mean the last time I went out there, um, it's a it's a beautiful place. You just have to uh, understand the uh, politics and everything going out going on out there. But people, it's 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 still a hood where my grandparents live. I think they live on Eighty um, Fifth Avenue in East Oakland, and so they live in uh, gang territory. So mm. yeah, it's rough. I know, man. I'm sorry to hear that. That that pray for them to be safe out there, cause. Uh... No, man, I, I understand Cali, man. I, I thought you was a Texan, man. You had me fooled. I thought you was your accent thought about Texan, but Oh yeah, I'm 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 Texan through and through. That was that was the beginning right there, but I was raised in Texas. I'm I'm uh <laughs> I'm I, I call myself country boy. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know it's funny, everybody I met in Texas so far has not been from Texas. It's mostly everybody from somewhere now. That's like the newest thing I've noticed, especially with these times and people coming out here to move now. So oh, absolutely, cost of living and uh one thing my wife and I always talk about, I mean, I guess if you go up north, you're having to deal with more tornadoes. But I mean, Texas, it's, I think of other places. You go to Cali, you got to deal with earthquakes. 
you go down you go down too far you got to deal with uh, hurricanes you go too far east you got to deal with the crazy snowstorms and all of that but texas as far as if you live in the dfw area you may get snow every once in a while you get your thunderstorms or whatever your power may go out you may get a tornado sometimes but other than that i mean it's it's pretty even down here we're not really worried about no natural disasters over here in the dfw so i actually have enjoyed living here hey man same here man Let the it's cold just hot if you can yeah. deal with the heat <laughs> true that hey you ain't lying bro i don't i'll tell you right now i'm so glad i left the north cold is all that stuff i see up there in the, in the winter time yeah it's cold but it's it's like how can i say this it's from september from all it's six months from september so all the way to uh i want to say yeah, it's a February, yeah, March. That's when it's over. So, yeah, it's too long up there for that. But I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm not missing that. But, uh, but no, bro, honestly, there's a lot of people um, growing up in different places I've met, especially up north. Um, I, I want to say we need more brothers in, in most of these young lives. I think, um, like they say, the Boys and Girls Club, like or like the Big Brother programs and stuff. But... Understand um, our, our communities, especially when I say this. We in the black community, I've noticed there's a lot of stuff that's been pushed for so many years, and I think um, we need to talk about some conversations. Like there's hard conversations that are not talked about, especially with uh, dealing with. Let's say it like this: there's a problem with the whole, um, you know, men. Um, shortage in women marriage. I think there's more single mothers in the black community right. than I've seen over the years. Absolutely. Um, it's statistically proven that uh, black women are the least desirable in, in the United States of America. Yeah, and I noticed that too. I think it's yep. because of the, you know, you know, let's, and let's be honest, it's just something that most don't want to hear. Um, not to shade on any women with children or listening, because my sister's a product of that, unfortunately, and I still love her and I support her because I love all my nephews and nieces, you know, no matter what. Um, I do support the fact that we need to su- have accountability mm. and to our sisters. And I think if if we as black people, and I'm speaking for black community, I'm not talking, this is not, you know, nothing Christian related, but it's right. speaking about the natural understanding that we need to have accountability in our families. Like, I don't know if someone's family don't care about their siblings, but Look, I know we're talking about manhood, but we need to have stronger manhood if we want to raise boys, but we need to have them in a better situation so they don't be single without a father. You know what I'm saying? And right. it's, it's like, like uh, there's a brother named uh, James something, James uh, Wilson. I forgot his name. Brother with a white beard and glasses, bald guy. He um, speaks about a lot of this stuff, like the manhood is important because there's like mother wounds and father wounds and right. um, it plays a part of that, you know what I'm saying? And right. I, I, my, my mom and dad were in my life. I, I won't say it was perfect. I'll say like the, there were some, um, there were some deba- um, interesting things that was taught growing up that wasn't ideal. Could have been done better. But I right. hold, do I hold it against them? No. But I do believe we do have to forgive them. But I do say this, I told someone recently you know, over the phone, I said, yes, you can forgive them spiritually. That's that's God's way. We do that no matter what. It's the best way to go. But physically and the natural, we need to have therapy, professional help. Because you know Absolutely. why? We may not see these things. Because yes, the pastor may tell us 
forgive. Yes, we do that. We go to God, forgive him, we move on. But we're not done yet. We need to go get professional help because there's things within us that we have not, we cannot see on our own terms. Yes, you may say, I know what I'm going to do, but the thing is you don't know how to handle it and get it checked properly professionally. Because uh-huh. psycho- psychologically, you cannot see that through the pastor. The pastor's doing the spiritual part, and that's getting you to know God's word that gets you right. But you have to get that clinically checked to see what that is. Because, yes, father wounds and mother wounds can harm you for the next person. Like, I always tell brothers, I ask them this. Like when you date somebody or not date courtship, when you court somebody and you're a Christian, I'll tell them this. Ask them this. What did what do they believe in the whole um what's that word? Ask them, do they believe in therapy? If they say no, you be, you better run. You better <laughs> run. I'm serious, because if, if they if they don't have that kind of mindset to know that is a part of you know healing. And they don't think about that as something to be good for them. I have an issue with that because I had one person tell me, um, <laughs> I won't say who it is, but the mother told me it was for white people. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's funny because um, we actually really need the therapy a lot, just as far as uh, what we went through historically and even still going through now. Um, that's crazy. I don't know if I cut you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm just listening because uh, it's, it's on point. I actually, um, just to uh, jump in real quick, um, I think um, I've had, man, I had these conversations lately. It's funny. But just talking about um, the uh, trauma that um, people have experienced. Um, do I believe that Jesus is the answer? Absolutely, Jesus is the answer. But I believe one of the issues is um, people, the, um, they don't know how to apply um, the scripture and apply the uh, practical things that the Bible tells us to do as believers. So, for example, I was talking to a recently and um, he was laying out his trauma and some of the things that he was dealing with. And I was encouraging him saying that um, you got to guard your heart, man. Some of these issues are um, a lack of guarding your heart and allowing certain mm-hmm. different people into your life and listening and things such as um, spending too much time on social media. Um, it can create uh, envy in your heart. You're looking at somebody else's life Ooh. or looking at what they have and um, you're like, man, such and such is married it looks like their life is perfect why am i single or they have this i don't have that and so i was telling him to guard his heart but his response to me was how do i do that and i thought in that moment i'm like wow there's there's one of the problems right there is we have these scriptures quoted to us uh some of us who grew up in the church since we were kids be anxious for nothing okay well let's 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 walk through that text because if i tell somebody be anxious for nothing there's a context to that and they're like what does that mean well first jesus is um telling a uh man not to uh not to envy or worry about the inheritance that his brother has because there is a heavenly uh treasure that is uh, greater than that then he goes on to talk about the sparrows and how he um how they how he takes care of them and we are more important than they are then he goes on to talk about 
not worrying about clothing and food because he's going to provide it and take care of it. And then the answer is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things to be added. So there's a whole context to the being anxious for nothing. But if you don't have the whole context, you're left with what does being anxious for nothing mean? How do I properly apply that? I have no idea what to do. So as you said, in real time, we need believers walking with other believers and doing what the Bible says, bearing one another's burdens, being patient with the idle, being patient with the faint hearted and the weak, praying for one another, having these conversations, considering one another, considering the interests of one another. And so these are the important things to help people walk through uh, these issues. I don't need a scripture band-aid. I need you to take the scripture and properly apply it and help me to properly apply it in my life. So, And then that's that's all you need right there. You're right. The right. word is what you need to straighten out what you're picking because honestly, it does help us get that um, understanding based on what we're seeing in today's times because it's modern. Society has been... Uh, pulling men away and women away from the truth. It's just been so much um, trauma, so much division, and so much um, parts that are turning cold. The Bible says. By the way, by the way I do support therapy absolutely. Um, I, I think there are many believers who will uh, sh- shut that idea out, and that goes back to that whole idea of, oh no, you don't need therapy. Da 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 da. It's like no people people need therapy it's okay to have therapy you know rather that be in the form of a mentor rather that be in the form of someone walking with them or rather that be in the form of them going and actually seeking a counselor we see the word counselor in the bible we see the word counselors plural Mm. in the bible and people having counselors before they make decisions people having counselors that help them to uh walk through life and so these are biblical things that we neglect in in the same um in the same um, type of situation that you mentioned with the lady saying that's for white people well you know we 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 live in a culture in particular in a black culture that thinks that oh they don't have nothing wrong with them they don't need no therapy you just need to uh we just gonna pray that out of them or you know you just need to do this and do that and it's like no we got some real trauma going on you know yeah absolutely it's been for years that people don't understand that uh with stuff in us that we're not checking we're not getting checked on like i'll tell you right now a lot of brothers um i think we need to we need to check each other if we're out of line and even if we're not getting therapy, if some don't go for it, um, we, can, we always have to at least recommend it because there's online therapy now that's called, uh, I forgot the name of the site, but I, I shout out to the roommates. I follow them. They actually have a thing on Patreon that I follow and they recommend that to people who have not gotten therapy before. It's online, but we talk to the therapist through Zoom. And it's, it's for now, for what you can help you understand who you're talking to about your problems to get that out to know, you know, especially with your situation growing up because... I, I was telling somebody recently last night, I was like, you know, I said, hey, there's things people don't talk about in the black community that, like, I'm just saying the black community because that's what we're both in. I'm right. saying the black, the black community, we don't talk about certain issues, like stuff that happened to us growing up. And, they don't, and they'll never know. So it's like they, they're always focused on working, working, but never talking to them. Like my thing growing up as a kid, Jay, I always wanted to be in the setting where my mom and I and my sister, my brother, we ate at the table and talked. Right. And I always wanted that. I never had that once with them. 
and I always try to encourage it, but they always shut it down. Like mm. it, it was like they never wanted that, but they never understood the purpose behind it. That could have been something impactful to the family. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody was just more of a oh, I gotta go, I gotta go. You know what I'm saying? And it was like right like home. <laughs> home is like a place where we sleep. You know, and then after that, we go out and do everything else. Like it's a stop. It's not a hotel room. <laughs> oh, this facts exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And I think that goes back to, um, again, we're talking about um, accountability and uh, manhood. Um, if, if I've been the marital counseling and I've been the premarital counseling, and one of the important things to do is um, you need to realize things about yourself and trauma that you have. One of the things I was encouraged by the pastor who was doing the premarital counseling, he said, go talk to your parents. My parents are divorced, by the way. He was saying, go and talk to your parents, figure out things that they struggle with, figure out things that that are they are characterized by, because guess what? You're going to have those things in you as well, you know, and and it's important to uh, figure those out. I'm doing that right now with my wife. There are things about myself that I am finding out. And I'm like, where did that come from? And then I have to go to the source and figure out where it comes from. And not only that, um, I am uh, an unashamed Christian, so I'm going to uh, bring the word into the conversation as well. Just going to the word and um, letting that uh, also be a guide and helping understand if you can think of any sin, whether it's partiality, um, sexual immorality, anger, whatever it is, you can find the source in the word and you can find um, what it means and what what are people who struggle with that sin, what are they characterized as? What are characteristics of those individuals, whether that be you or whoever else struggles with it? And um, it'll help you get a better understanding. And then from there, seeing how people overcame it in the word of God or what are some of the things that we have to put on to combat those things, such as um, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. Okay, well, if I'm struggling with anger, as a father, I'm about to have a daughter. If I want her to see the love of God, then I need to put on love and kindness, you know, and Amen. kindness. And you see, it says love is patient. Love is kind. And it goes into a lot of things that love is not. So immediately that should uh, draw me into saying, OK, kindness and patient are patience are very big things when it comes to love. Amen. So, You're on the point right there. That's the truth, man. Scripture is clear and that's a uh, straight facts. You can't deny that, bro. But uh, yeah, we got to always look through the word. No doubt about that. And uh, it can save us so much trouble, especially, you know, man of God, we have a thing um, harder than what we do. We have to stay strong because we should we set the example in our family, especially, uh, you know, if you're married, of course, but you also got to right. be strong as a single because um, I'm speaking only because I'm a single, but it's just that I got to be able to stand in that position to say, you know, I can take care of everything and make sure my resume looks good on how I present myself to, you know, potential uh, love interest. Because honestly, absolutely. No, let me say this to the sisters out there. Y'all know dang well. I said, damn. I didn't say damn. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, dang well. It's not, you know, no woman wants a weak man. And we can't be out here acting like uh, the world. The world is effeminate. I'm just gonna be honest, because it's it's to a point where you know, because 
it's just to a point we have to see that it's not changing for the better it's going to be worldly until crash returns and that's just what it is but um we got to continue to stay in our roles because men our role is to lead a family and be a provider protector priest and also give up security you know what i'm saying because nothing is secure to uh, makes a woman more secure is knowing her man is protecting her and she's resting her femininity that's so important mm. it's it's funny because um uh, what was i about to say <laughs> i don't know i lost my train of thought i'm listening to you but also was thinking of something but it was uh something along the lines of um Leading, protecting. I forgot. It'll come back to me. Go ahead and keep going. When it come back to me, I'll be sure to cut you off. Now. <laughs> I ain't no, no problems. I got you. Yeah, man. I think I think we have a lot of things out here to talk about, especially with um, you know, today's times with the kids. Um, man, I know this month about to be over. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm glad June is over. You know what I'm saying? Because of this month, you know what it's representing, but in, in this country. But I'm just glad, I'm just glad it's over, bro. Tomorrow's July right. and. Yeah, because uh, honestly, well, today's the 29th, so tomorrow's the 30th. Okay. So, yeah, man, I just want to, I can't wait for this month to be over. Thursday's the first. Okay. So, yeah, man, but back to what we're saying, the manhood talk with uh, a lot of the men in our circle. Um, uh, Let me ask you this. Do you have, did you grow up with a lot of brothers or just sisters? Hey, y'all. Hope you guys enjoyed part one of the series of the conversation with Jason. Hope you look forward to part two. We'll have it up as soon as we can. Thank you, guys.